we can't go through and do hours of research on every single product that we're purchasing. But I think that if as consumers, we're mindful of how much we're purchasing and from what companies we're purchasing products from, we can slowly start to make our own carbon footprints more sustainable, focus on those social and governance values as well. ESG has exploded into compliance and business consciousness in 2021. Join Tom Fox, the voice of compliance, on the ESG Report and learn about sustainability risks, opportunities, and issues that business leaders and compliance professionals need to know about regarding ESG. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode. And today, I welcome Jules Orngell. Jules has perhaps the most unique story in this podcast series, and she will tell you why in a moment. So Jules, first of all, I'm thrilled to have you on the podcast. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and where you are matriculating now? Hi, everyone. Again, thank you so much, Tom, for having me on the podcast today. My name is Jules Orangel, and I'm a second year student at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, where I'm double majoring in business administration with a concentration in ESG slash sustainability and human organizational leadership and development. I also have a minor in public policy here at UNC. After graduation, my goal is to work in ESG and sustainability at a global impactful organization. And in my free time, I love to cook, travel, play guitar, and cheer on my favorite college gymnastics teams. So as you now know, we have our first undergrad student on this podcast. And I thought it'd be great to visit with Jules because not only does she have a great passion for ESG and sustainability, but she's actually working towards making it a professional career. So Jules, with that, could you tell us what were some of the key influences that got you really where you are today at UNC? My time as a little girl in childhood, I've always been interested in business. Both my parents are entrepreneurs and I kind of was raised up in a world where I was considering the importance of analytics and marketing and all of these different business skills. I always laugh about running around on the playground wearing my pink Tom shoes, talking to my friends about how that company was impacting kids across the world, just like me. As I grew up, my sophomore year of high school, I actually lost someone in the shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, which was a real challenge for me. I struggled with my mental health, with anxiety and insomnia, and just being comfortable in the classroom again, because I really did enjoy learning. I was a very engaged student, but it was hard to go to school knowing that there was a chance of violence. So a couple months after the shooting, as a sophomore in high school, I founded Return Home Supplies, which is a national youth-led 501c3 gun violence prevention nonprofit that simply believes every student and teacher deserve to return home safely from school each day. So throughout high school, in response to that shooting and as a way to help myself just heal from the trauma my community had experienced, I traveled across the country speaking about gun safety legislation and how other people could get involved through voter registration and advocacy. And we actually ended up raising over $5,000 for allied gun safety organizations. This experience was really incredibly meaningful to me personally because of my experience with gun violence. But it also opened my eyes to how policy and business were intermixed in a way that I had never really understood before. Going and talking with lawmakers, I became increasingly frustrated at the fact that millions and millions of dollars were pouring into their legislatures through corporate PACs from organizations like the National Rifle Association, and that because of that corporate money and that corporate greed, 
we weren't seeing the gun safety legislation that the majority of Americans so desperately wanted to see passed. We were learning about the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals in my school, and I started to kind of open my eyes to how potentially business could help solve all of these social, economic, and environmental problems that I was experiencing. So upon coming to college, I enrolled in a first-year seminar called Policy Entrepreneurship and Public-Private Nonprofit Partnerships, where we learned about B Corp leaders and we learned about how organizations can work with each other across sectors, whether they be in education, government, nonprofit, or business. And I think learning about how ESG is incorporated through all of those organizations really sparked my interest and kind of changed my majors a little bit. I then declared a business major in addition to my public policy focus. And I think taking classes in ESG now is just totally opening my eyes to what ESG and business and nonprofit and all of that can do to make the world a better place. You told us about what led to your interest in ESG, but one of the things that intrigues me the most about you is how you are building your academic background to lead to a career in ESG. And so I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about some of the things that you've done academically and at college that you feel have really helped you in this goal? Like I mentioned earlier, my transcript and my majors and everything are quite a mouthful, but I can repeat them again. I'm a business administration major and I'm designing my own concentration in ESG and sustainability within our business school here at UNC. And I'm also involved in a program at the School of Education called Human Organizational Leadership and Development. And that really focuses on a wide variety of organizations, as well as leadership, data, and diversity to make sure that we're tackling these ESG challenges through as broad a lens as possible. So in that coursework, I'm really getting to dive into all components of ESG. I took a class my first year at UNC called Business in the Environment, where I really got some hands-on experience. I was writing papers about Ben and Jerry's sustainability strategy reports and offering solutions on how they could reduce their dairy greenhouse gas emissions and better improve their climate advocacy across the country. I also wrote a paper in that class about Patagonia's sustainable marketing campaigns, some of which are a little bit controversial, like their famous Don't Buy their, That Jacket campaign, where they published a full page ad and said, if you buy this jacket, you will be creating this much plastic waste and be using this many gallons of water. And the campaign actually ended up boosting sales for Patagonia. So people wonder that actually accomplished their mission of reducing this crazy consumption-based economy that we have now. I'm also currently in a class called Sustainable Business and Social Enterprise, where I'm excited to be beginning a project on the toy industry and seeing how we can clean up those supply chains and also teach gender equity and get some quality education, ESG campaigns going through their work with children. So across different subjects and across the classroom and just in other programs I'm involved in here at school, I'm really getting to learn about ESG and I'm grateful to have some amazing mentors and my professors and advisors. You mentioned the Patagonia campaign. Let me follow up on that because I wanted to ask you, how do you see your role as a customer at being as a stakeholder in ESG and what's the impact of customers on ESG? And if you want to use the Patagonia example, that's fine. But others that you may have come across? So we're learning in my classes right now about how working towards the sustainable development goals as a business and working towards ESG is actually 
economically beneficial for those companies in terms of profits. You are far more likely to have high employee retention if you focus on ESG. You are going to have higher sales and higher brand loyalty if you focus on ESG and do a good job both marketing those values, but also taking them to heart internally within your company's operations. So for instance, like I mentioned, I do love Patagonia. I think they're a really cool example for businesses to follow. And as a consumer independent of my intended career path, I will fortunately, and from a place of privilege, I'm able to splurge on a winter coat from Patagonia because I know that that coat is going to last me for years rather than purchasing one from a cheap fast fashion company that's not necessarily following international labor standards in their supply chain or using sustainable materials to craft that jacket. So obviously, no one is perfect. We can't go through and do hours of research on every single product that we're purchasing. But I think that if as consumers, we're mindful of how much we're purchasing and from what companies we're purchasing products from, we can slowly start to make our own carbon footprints more sustainable, focus on those social and governance values as well, and make the world a better place. But it's ultimately on our companies and on these corporations to really focus on ESG, because if not, our climate is going to collapse. You mentioned pricing. Let me stick on that for a moment, because this is something that I've really kind of come late to the party on, which is the cost of goods. And when previously I looked at a cost of good that was much lower than the average price, and, and you talked about Patagonia, but even if we stayed in the same type of clothing, if we have a piece of clothing that's one-tenth, one-quarter, one-third of what a Patagonia piece of apparel is, now we have to think about what was the standard of labor paid for that piece of clothing? And I was wondering if you could help us understand why thinking about that is also a part of ESG. Again, I want to emphasize to be able to purchase more expensive product like a Patagonia jacket requires immense social and economic privilege because those jackets are expensive. And for a lot of people in our society, those sustainable options are not accessible to them, which is why I think in going through our pricing, companies can consider how they can keep a product both sustainable, but also cost effective. We want to make sure that there's a balance because with a very, very diverse range of stakeholders at the table, some consumers are looking for the high-end competitive aspect of ESG in these markets, but other stakeholders just need a coat that can keep them warm day-to-day in their lives. So pricing is something that I'm still learning about as a student, and I think that's what's interesting about our conversation today is I'm still discovering these concepts as well. But I do think we have to consider all stakeholders and make sure that looking through the supply chain, we're making sure that we aren't overspending on the production of something, but we don't want to be cutting corners that puts employees throughout the supply chain at risk. I'd now like to turn to your fellowship that you received that you went to Denmark on. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about the fellowship that you received and the internship you had in Denmark and how that has helped your views evolve as well? So my senior year of high school, when I was accepted to UNC, I was awarded the Will Freilich Honors Fellowship. And Will was a young student. He took a gap year before coming to UNC, where he volunteered across the world. And unfortunately, he died in a really tragic accident. And his parents are committed to making sure that other students like Will, who are adventurous and 
curious and wanting to make an impact on the world are able to have experiential learning opportunities to make that impact in Will's honor. So as a Will Fellow this past summer after my first year at UNC, I was fortunate to travel to Copenhagen, Denmark, where I spent 10 weeks interning at Trip Doodler, a sustainable travel nonprofit located in Copenhagen. Trip Doodler aims to make sustainable travel accessible to all people and help people understand how they can both travel and live a sustainable life. So it's a very nuanced topic of how often do you travel? How long do you stay in your destinations? Are you supporting local businesses or staying at chain hotels? There's a ton of different social and environmental factors that go into it. And I did our social media marketing to help educate our followers about what sustainable travel looks like. So as you probably know, Denmark is known as the world's happiest country, and I can definitely attest to that. I absolutely loved my time there. So every day I was coming to the office and learning new skills and social media analytics, copywriting, content creation. But what was most important through that experience was how my belief in equitable business and sustainable business really grew. So whether I'm working at a global corporation one day or another small startup like TripDoodler, you don't have to have millions of dollars in resources to prioritize your ESG. And I just wish more companies would do what TripDoodler did and really focusing on how they can build a sustainable future. You've also been accepted into the Keenan Scholars Program at UNC. Could you tell us a little bit about what that program is and how that's helped you in your academic studies? So. The Keenan Scholars Program is another wonderful program here at UNC Chapel Hill. I'm fortunate, like I said, to have such wonderful mentors and a big circle of support around me in pursuing this future in ESG. But essentially, the Keenan Scholars Program supports business students at Keenan Flagler Business School who aim to use the private sector to create social good. So in my involvement with the Keenan Scholars Program, I'm going to be interning at a nonprofit or public sector organization this summer, which one is To be decided, I'm still in the application process, which is exciting. And then summer going into senior year, I'll be interning at a private sector organization where I can really take my cross-sector skills and put them to use in a role focused on ESG or corporate social responsibility, because that's what I'm super passionate about. Throughout the year, we're getting to hear from academic and industry leaders on what sustainability looks like in the real business world. We're getting to conduct groundbreaking research on gender equity and supply chain sustainability and all of these factors that go into ESG. And I'm really happy to see what I learned coming out of the other side of the program. I want to ask you to speak a little bit about your generation and why you feel like Mm -hmm. your generation has not only embraced ESG, sustainability, diversity, and many other concepts, social justice, but why you see the business world as a way to move these initiatives forward. So what I love about being Gen Z, though there are certainly some silly stereotypes that exist about us out there, I think my generation is the most diverse generation and the generation, in my opinion, that's most focused on social and economic justice. We are very, very involved at a young age before we can even vote, to be honest, in policy and trying to get climate legislation passed and all of these wonderful things. And as you know so well, Tom, ESG and business is all about where consumers want to spend their dollars. My generation is focused on spending our dollars and eventually working for organizations that care about us as employees, that care about our coworkers as employees, that care about their impact on the environment, that care about forming long-standing partnerships with social organizations that are working to alleviate the wealth gap and all of these issues in our society. And as we know, just 100 
companies are responsible for over 70% of global greenhouse gas emissions since 1988. And I think that's a statistic that my generation has really, really focused on. Because though we realize as individuals, we can make an impact. We can carry our metal straws in our backpack to reduce a little bit of plastic waste here and there. And we can thrift our clothing to reduce overconsumption. But without these giant companies listening to what my generation is looking for in terms of ESG, we're not going to solve all of these climate and social problems that we're seeing. So I hope that as my generation continues to grow and become educated and enter the workforce, employers are going to see the value of ESG. And like I said, turnover is high at companies that don't align their values and their missions and their operations with modern ESG goals. You spoke about applying for internships and you're going through that process, but I wondered if you had some thoughts that you could say directly to businesses about why they should offer ESG internships. As I'm going and networking throughout my career with people like you, Tom, I've started noticing that there are tons of marketing internships out there and tons of finance internships out there. However, it's very hard to find roles in ESG specifically, despite, I think, the high levels of interest my generation is expressing in that subject specifically. So I understand ESG is a field that's constantly changing and it's really growing in popularity right now. There's a ton of research on ESG, but most of the roles at these companies who manage social and environmental impact are going to be higher level roles that require five to 10 years of experience, which I totally understand. It's a new field. You're having to learn quickly and learn from experience. So it makes sense that a lot of those roles are given to people who have already been going through the reporting processes and things like that. However, I think that as more business schools like Keenan Flagler here at UNC start offering these courses in sustainability and ESG, that it would be awesome for companies to open more opportunities to learn from the best of the best of their companies in sustainability and make sure that from generation to generation of business leaders, they have people who are ready and willing to work on these ESG issues. I'm sort of, if you could say a few words on the UN Sustainability Development Goals and how this can help companies or how companies can align their ESG goals with this strategy or perhaps others that you've seen? So the UN Sustainable Development Goals are a group of 17 goals ranging everything from zero hunger to decent work and economic growth and everything in between. And what's great about these Sustainable Development Goals is they come with very specific targets as to how we can get there by 2030. So the UN and more specifically, the United Nations Global Compact, which is the branch of the UN that deals with this in the business world, are hoping that they can provide different frameworks and resources for businesses to embrace these sustainable development goals. Because we've learned in my class recently, the United Nations predicts that if we were to achieve these goals by 2030, it would create an additional $28 trillion in opportunities, mostly in developing countries. So $28 trillion is a huge number. It's hard for most people to grasp. But if you think about small local businesses and developing nations being able to hire more female employees because of improved education in their area, that's going to allow for more profit and more opportunities for ESG and all of these things. So I think that if businesses are to really embrace the sustainable development goals through their sustainability teams, we have a chance to achieve a much brighter and more prosperous and more equitable future. Jules, I wanted to thank you again for taking the time to visit with me. I was wondering if our listeners wanted any more information on any of the topics you've touched on. Are there some places that you could suggest they begin 
to look at? So I want to plug the Global Compact again. That's a branch of the United Nations that deals specifically with the sustainable development goals in ESG and business. I think they have really wonderful resources for a wide variety of organizations. I also think that looking at the different reporting organizations in sustainability is interesting because that's a huge debate right now in ESG is should we use the SASB goals or focus on something else, create our own within the art organizations. So really, however your company is looking to improve its ESG, whether it's through supply chain or social advocacy, whatever it may be, sustainable development goals are certainly a great place to start, but there's so much more to learn as I'm learning right now as a student. Jules, I wanted to thank you again, and I look forward to continuing this conversation. Awesome. You too. Thank you so much. (laughs) 